0: And welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture. let look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Do pay Oh, Baby Views, Premium Live Events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the. Week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Cedric to look ahead to Rampage tonight. More fallout from AEW Revolution, no doubt. And the in-ring debut of one of the guys we saw become All Elite uh, at Revolution on Sunday, Shane Swerve Strickland. Can't wait for this.
2: Yeah, I can't wait for this, because realistically, it's a can't-miss match. You are guaranteed to have something that's going to be pretty damn exciting, really well worked. It should go a decent amount of time looking at the rest of the card, which we'll obviously preview imminently. There are a couple of matches that aren't going to go especially long, so I expect this to be competitive. The idea is that Swerve Strickland isn't coming in as a hoss, obviously. He's not going to destroy someone in two minutes as a character showcase. A lot of what Swerve and not merely this but a lot of what he provides is an absolutely incredible match at his very best that is so i expect this to go about 10 12 minutes it's so much more important to the specific audience that you reassure the fans that oh the guy we're bringing in can work an absolute ripper of a professional wrestling match so here's one to set the tone for their career ahead rather than just a showcase of their moves particularly since um people are already aware of the character or a version of the character. It's not someone brand new who you just want to showcase that attribute. It's like people know who he is. Mm. Just present the very best version of him from the off, and you'll have a very good match. Um, I recently watched um, a match that got a lot of raves from Defy Wrestling. Um, it was Swerve Strickland versus Nick Wayne, who incidentally has been signed to an All Elite Wrestling contract. When he turns 18, the guy's 16. and he's, Oh, yes! And he's really, really, really good. He's not just like somehow able to do great spots and sequences at 16 years of age. But, like, because he's so thin and small and visibly 16, mm. his the sympathy when Swerve Strickland was just kicking him in the head over <laughs> and over again, like, really, really hard when he completely took control, um, was, like, really, really sympathetic, relying on selling and all the rest of it. What I'm arriving at is that it's almost a shame that Strickland, by virtue of wrestling, Tony Nese, whose character is a heel who's kind of, why doesn't no one pay me any respect? It should have been me. It should have been me, yeah, that's uh, not the best character. Um, Template, in my opinion, because that thing absolutely (laughs) sucked. So it looks like we're getting a babyface version of Swerve for now. It's almost a shame he was great in this match against Nick Wayne. Like, it's... Think of Bret Hart versus One Two Three Kid, except the, the, the veteran isn't just surprised by the, like, spirit of this mm-hmm. younger, smaller competitor. He's also, like, a little bit, like, really annoyed. Miffed. Miffed. Miffed is all hell. Uh, really strong match. Really well done. Oh, watch that. That's Swift, great. Swerve's, like, facial expressions are so great. He doesn't over-egg it, but you can still project... Like There's a goddamn great heel character in Swerve, but I think we're getting the baby face, and the baby face still rules.
0: I mean, it sounds like a broken record here, but I have to say, I think Shane Strickland, Isaiah Swerve Scott Swerve, uh, is one of the dumbest, dumbest releases WWE's had in recent memory, in my opinion. I can even make an argument, right, for them releasing Adam Cole more than I can make an argument for them releasing Swerve. Right, He's like, 31, I just Googled there. I think he's just sensational. I would heap praise on him, you know, despite the, you know, kind of bollocks that they give him of like, oh, just kept falling short against Santos Escobar. And then because it was because of shenanigans on NXT. And then when he actually finally got a level playing field, still booked him to lose. But what he did in ring was I always thought jaw dropping. I'm I'm genuinely going to go and check out that Nick Wayne match on that recommendation because I just think he's, He's got so, so much potential. Like you say, either as a babyface, as a heel, as part of a tag team, as a single person, leading a stable, as we've seen. And I know, like, maybe WWE were going to limit his opportunities for music and all the extracurricular stuff that we often see many people in AEW do. I'm not bothered about that, if I'm perfectly honest. I just want to watch him in-ring, and I just i am so excited. And I really, really hope, like you say, this steals the show.
2: He's Obviously aptly named, his way of a counter, a rope run, a reversal is really goddamn unique. But like the swerves, who's house, swerves house bit is already really over. And WWE, if nothing else, like to appeal to the lowest common denominator. They like a catchphrase. Yeah. A lot of characters are reduced to their catchphrase. Like WWE could have done like a really one-dimensional version of the Swerve character and did it incredibly well, but luckily he's got more depth than that. Um, I don't think his hit rate, realistically, in NXT was particularly strong. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to say what were your ten favorite, yeah, um, that's fair, Swerve Scott matches in NXT, you'd kind of struggle for the ten. Um, I don't know if it was the timing of his arrival, um, or the level of his push or whatever, but I expect more from him in AEW because, quite frankly, it's a better promotion.
0: Yeah, and I don't think he's one to get. Uh, this is going to be sound incredibly backhanded to. Tony Neese, nice, but he's not one for me that gets lost in the shuffle, but I think Tony Neese nice and him are going to put together a really, really exciting match. But they have competition, for match of the night, uh, in forms of a women's division grudge match, which we'll talk about in a second, and Darby Allen versus Mark Quinn. It's like, right, well, we've destroyed one member of Private Party at Revolution. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy had taken that insane bump uh, with um, with Sammy Guevara and then still being presumably well enough to Attempt to beat the crap out of Matt Hardy on, on Dynamite. Uh, Mark Quinn. It's a while since we've seen him in singles action. Um, and Darby Allen, who just who only has one setting, and that's just bonkers.
2: Yeah, I expect this to be really really good as well. Not quite on the level of Swerve Scott versus um, uh, Swerve Strickland, sorry, uh, versus Tony Nese, but it should. It, this can't not be exciting. I mean, look at the players involved. Um, it's a pretty routine win I would expect for Darby Allen. Um, they might even set up. Something to do with Private Party and the Hardy Boys um, on the back of this. I don't expect it to be particularly rich. I do expect it to blow your mind in a sort of... To stupefy you. Mm. Not, like, reward your intelligence, your investment, and make you watch every single beat to see how it's informed later. I want to be stupefied watching this match, quite frankly. Um, And another thing about it that I like is that it's nice. Isaiah Cassidy um, did wonders for and with Keith Lee. yeah. His character work in the background of various segments has been strong. His facial expressions, how he foreshadowed the events of Dynamite this week, like about a month ago, um, or even a few months ago, He's been really strong as a as a low key character performer. But I like that Tony Khan. Insofar as billionaires go, hamphlet, <laughs> is a nice version of a billionaire. It's not hard because the, no. it's like the curve. It's like the WWE versus AW curve. It's not that hard to be a nice. Um, Billionaire, because by definition that's an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. But it's just nice that he's given Quent a bit of shine to get up to the to the level of adulation, realistically that um, casting has been getting of late. And we
0: haven't really had a chance
2: or, or even
0: acknowledged this recently. But zooming out a little bit further, I think it's fair to say that a few months back we were sat there going, "Oh, what's going on with private party? They weren't really being used. They were just sort of." there in the AHFO thing and maybe they take the odd bump. And we were wondering, you know, have they really developed from the moment we first saw them and obviously the stuff of the Young Bucks and blah, 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 blah. And now, it's like every week they're getting, getting involved in stuff and it's great to see that.
2: That's a very good point as well. Um, let it play out. Let it play out. Yeah. Um, there's the... All the tools to succeed in that promotion even as television time becomes more and more of a premium. You asking me this question like sort of helps me answer a different point almost of we always get asked and it's always sort of debated online. Are AEW signing too many guys? And you feel like the sheer volume is getting a little bit out of hand. And then by the same token, when you see private party getting more of a rub and you're thinking, well, they're kind of screwed because they weren't really relevant. Yeah. And they weren't really consistent before the next wave of guys was announced, and yet in the background, the work has been done to help them get over, and they've been absolutely living up to the booking, so it almost answers hmm. two questions that.
0: Yeah, I've got another question actually to, to ask you around that, considering uh, concerning a news story doing the rounds today. Uh, but before that, uh, yeah, I, I see this, like you say, Darby Allen obviously gets the win here, but I see this... Probably being a vehicle for, I mean, I know the crowd will already have had it and it's been taped. Uh, we always avoid the spoilers, obviously, but it does just, just feel like an open goal of well, you have got Mark Quinn there, so you might as well have uh, Isaiah Cassidy come down and then Sting, but then also you've got Andrade, and who's going to save? You know, the the number again, the, the numbers advantage uh, this time for for Sting and Darby Allen getting beat down by the A. F O yes, <laughs> trying to wait that in my head for a split second there, um, and then you have the Hardy Boys coming out with their own entrance thing because I've seen things being shared online of them. You know, the, the 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 Tron stuff. And obviously, they've got the music. It just feels like an open goal.
2: It does, absolutely. Um, I will rescind every nice word I've said about Tony Khan on this podcast if, in fact, he doesn't eventually do an Andrade versus Derby singles match. Their chemistry is too great. It's too great. It absolutely has to be done at some point. They could even chart a, a, a journey to them both to reach the final of the Owen. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's got to be starting
0: relatively soon.
2: Yeah. That's a great shout. Because it would be a crime. It would be what is it? I think it's Dana White. Loath though I am to put him over, it would be promotional malpractice. Yes, that's his phrase. I think if in fact Tony Khan doesn't do Andrade versus Derby as a singles match, and Andrade gets booked 50-50. someone mm. has to. Someone has to in any sort of promotion. Um, the idea is if you don't do it all the <laughs> time, it's fine. It has to has to have has to happen that way but if you beat andrade in the finals of something like that the fact that he even reached it exactly will get him will put him over
1: quality sleep is essential for boosting energy recovery and well-being so take your sleep to the next level with sleep number
0: Slash wrestling. Uh, let's talk about this women's division grudge match. It's sort of, you know, going on in the background, of course, of, of Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, uh, who are going to find a steel cage next week. That's right, on Dynamite.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. this Wednesday.
0: For the uh, for the title. Uh, and you've got the people who, uh, well, previously, they were both on the same side, but are now back each other woman up, and that is Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Martinez. Um, how do you see this one playing out?
2: Uh... I'm not excited about it, I know that much. There are different ways they can take this. The idea that if Jamie Hayter loses to Mercedes Martinez, um, Dr. Baker can express her dissatisfaction with Jamie Hayter for not doing her job, which advances their rivalry, which you expect to heat up after St. Patrick's Day Slam. But at the same time, you kind of want to book Jamie Hayter strongly. Otherwise, it's very, very obvious who's going to win that feud. Um, I'm not particularly enthused about the prospective quality of this match i think mercedes martinez has been a big disappointment since arriving in aw it gives me no pleasure to say that whatsoever but um when you think of the reputation she has mm. mainly for her indie work because I don't, again top 10 mercedes martinez NXT yeah. matches like it just wasn't that great it was good a lot of the times so it wasn't that great did you have one with um raquel gonzalez yeah i feel that like was pretty awesome yeah so the, the talents there, the potentials there just realistically hasn't worked out and I'd be a mark and I'd be biased if I pretended it did. Like, the Thunder Rosa matches weren't very good. Like, admirable, but not very good. And The tag team match on the Revolution Go Home was a disjointed mess that was just there. Um, Hater has got a really high ceiling, but she's kind of nowhere near approaching it at the moment. Um, Does that great bump when... Does like, that Riho comes off. That's yeah, absolutely. Is. And, like, the Riho-Hater match is really, really strong, just low on crowd heat. Um, but I'm just saying that recent precedent suggests that this is not going to be as good as the match graphic. Um, if I had to say who would win, I would possibly put Jamie Hater over. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just, it's better for the long term to have Hater feel like more of an equal to... Baker. You have Baker. that spiralling
0: off, yeah. Baker
2: can tone Thunder Rosa, like the people I associate with are, are better than the people you, like, align with, all the rest of it. Um, hate it to win, but that might be my I love Jamie, Hater bias. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you on that one.
0: Um, I'm hoping that they, yeah, they really just go all out on this one, because like you say, there's there's a uh, something not there quite yet for me with, with all this, but... Um, yeah, I hope this is the start of a seven days where the women's division really gets showcased again. And uh, yeah, we finally get the world title switch that we all anticipate. Uh, and like you say, hater winning keeps her fresh in terms of if you want some of her Britt Baker to do after she presumably drops the title. Uh, before we get to QT Marshall getting yeeted by, uh, <laughs> by Keith Lee, one question I want to ask you about something is that the story they're doing around today from uh, Charvo Guerrero, uh, obviously, he's had his issues with AEW and the removal from the roster page and all the Twitter bollocks and what have you. Um, he was chatting on the Wrestling Inc. Daily, and he drew a comparison between AEW and WCW. He said it felt a little WCW-esque. A lot of wrestlers there. He sort of justified it by saying, well, they do have a lot of shows. They've got uh, Dark, Rampage, etc., Um, there's definitely spots for a lot of guys, for sure. There's a bunch of them. I felt that there were a lot of people there, but I didn't even want to analyze that. That was above my pay grade. Your thoughts on comparisons between AEW and presumably latter-day
2: WCW? I would much rather he just outright buried it. Seriously, the most irritating thing I find, like, an irrational hatred of this thought process, is when... I don't know if concern trolling is the word, but being disingenuous and like feigning a different stance than Mm. that which you have. Just be a man and goddamn say it. It's like when people say, it's like, you know when you see certain content creators, and for now, until they really piss me off, they will go unmentioned. (laughs) But they like claim neutrality, right? They claim to, I just like everything. And you know, you shouldn't be. It's good and bad and everything, guys. And, you know, maybe you should be a little bit more impartial, Mm. discerning. Yeah, I know exactly which promotion they prefer. Just come out and say it. (laughs) Just say it. Don't be a complete dick about it. There's nothing worse than... Disingenuous trying to appear impartial. I'm just
0: asking questions. I'm here. just
2: asking questions here. Like I know what your stance is. Come out and say it. Don't be a complete cock about it, man. I know exactly what he's thinking. And he's trying to say it in a way that makes him appear impartial, objective, whatever. Like I know deep down what you Just come out and say mm. it. Like, oh, you know, uh, both promotions both are good, guys. They've got the good and bad points. I know which one you like. Yeah. He's not got enough. in articulating it. It really pisses me off this idea that pretending to be—I oh, don't know why—there are s- literally, as we speak, atrocities are being committed, <laughs> and obviously I feel more about that. But why does this like piss me off so on such a
0: visceral level? I'm with you. Uh, it's 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 infuriating. Uh, uh, th- right now, today, the What Culture Office is perfect encan- encapsulation of kind of my relationship with both things, right? Because I do the SmackDown preview with Hamlet, and I do the, the Rampage preview with you. And I have to kind of put two different hats on. so Because I always try to bring an element of positivity in there. There's, there's no point if we all come in and just go, oh, it's going to be awful. Why are we even bothering, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So there's elements of SmackDown I've just talked about with Hamlet that I'm giddy with the excitement about. The same with AEW. I try and strike that balance. I probably ha- have to admit, I have probably have a, a, a new on, a, a leaning towards WWE because of my, up, oh, like not upbringing, but like my, my association with it. But I also can sit there and objectively say, I didn't sit there with my arms folded going, well, Revolution's crap. They've not done anything with CM Punk and uh, yeah. Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson since they've shown up. Like, I inherently want WWE to do well because WWE is as a special place in my heart of my childhood. It's not the same WWE that I grew up with. Yeah. I can acknowledge that. But I'm also always there, sat there willing it to be better. AW, I don't have to do that. Yes. I don't have to come in and go, well, let play out uh, we do say let it play yeah. out but that's because of the history we've had of what 2 3 years of this promotion or whatever it is and the, the the fact that they have done that and 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 done the things that i for years working in this office with you heard you complain about and it is the encapsulation of large parts of the problems that you had with a company that you objectively used to love yes. right and i said this on the news today i'm getting so riled up right i said this on the news today I'm not going to sit here and and say this person needs to be sacked from AW. This person, this person, right? There are people I believe should not be in AW, right? But I really like the fact that AW don't go kind of a lot of people by there sack them, them and them. Yeah. They just go, we'll just not renew your contract. And everyone, I th- I personally believe the people who didn't or don't get their contracts renewed, the right's on the wall. Let's be honest, they ain't going to turn around to. I don't know. Pick a pick a name off of the top of your head from from the AEW. Uh, uh, Sean Spears. They ain't going to turn around Sean Spears tomorrow and go. Sorry, Sean. CLA boy. Like he's got a role to play. People that it's the people that you're just only really seeing on dark, for example, yeah. or I'm not seeing on dark. Um, that they have to be concerned. But the fact that they just don't sack people—that's not a thing that they do—is a, a really genuinely nice thing. And I think that their roster is far too bloated, in my opinion. But Case by, I can't say case by case basis enough. If tomorrow, Tony Khan came out, and he already has done this, and said, that's it. What's it called? Moratorium, whatever it is. That's it. A year, we're not signing a single other person. Boom. And then the day after that, Brock Lesnar goes, you know what? I'm, I'm leaving WWE. You fucking pick Brock Lesnar because yes. it's Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but Swerve's great. I, just, I it, it infuriates me that the nitpick. nitpicking.
2: It's not just that what Chavo, I think, is getting at, though. His um deal i think his perspective is uh yeah it's a bit like wcw this the implication from shavo is, is inceptioning you? he's he's trying to say that oh yeah it's a systemic mismanagement and the bloat is just uh people get lost in the shuffle and they don't know what they're doing with a guy like me and it's like Charvo, you did nothing you did fucking nothing well
0: he hits him up with an ipad
2: He did nothing in that company. (laughs) He was completely inessential to the act. He was... It's a little bit weird that Andrade is hanging around with Vicky um, because he doesn't look like this international playboy super No. So give him a manager who isn't Vicky, and it was a complete mess. Chavo Guerrero did nothing of value whatsoever, and when he left... No one cared. No one noticed. Nothing of value was lost. So for him to turn around and go, "I wish he would just come out and say I'm a brazen egomaniac who thinks that I got treated terribly because I was on a rolling weekly deal and got loads of money to be like get this job." Ah, when do I come back? Well, you don't because no one missed you. And you didn't out. So for him to turn around and say, "Ah, oh God, yeah." didn't call me because the systemic mismanagement in this company is a little bit like WCW. Just to say I'm a rampant egomaniac who deserves better in my own opinion. Like it's not their fault that you did nothing. It's yours. Mm. Be enough of a narcissist to outright say, what, why didn't you do anything with the great Chavo Guerrero? Yeah. What a tosser.
0: Let's conclude with something I sense will cheer you up. Uh, and that's Keith Lee and QT Marshall. A very different dynamic from what we've seen previously with Keith Lee uh, chucking folks about. But I, I say
2: WWE is crap. <laughs> it is.
0: <laughs> but Just
2: say what you think. The world is fake enough.
0: Uh, you do, you do, you, well, we talked about this on the, the sort of Dynamite review, the anticipation of what these two can do together. QT 2 Martial, really underrated when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, also, shout out to the fact I didn't realize, I saw this on Squared Circle, the hook spot from last week's Rampage was a Taz spot from... That uh, oh, was the level buy in yeah. Oh, sorry, the buy in, yeah. uh, but was an, a, a direct take from uh, an ECW show back in 1997 and the Taz match, of course, yeah. uh, which I thought was just a, a love that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, Keith Lee, QT Marshall, um, but you know, there's an element you said you said yourself of oh, they're doing the QT Marshall thing with Keith for a bit to keep him on the boil, and yet
2: I'm quite looking forward to it. I really like it when it happens. It's just the It doesn't do the bad faith arguments. um, It doesn't really clap back at the bad faith arguments when you see QT Marshall there. Like, it's not Keith Lee in a major program pursuing a title, but at the same time, it will be fun, and it will not be offensive, and it will go a certain amount of time that will not like, have the implication that QT Marshall's anywhere near on his level. This will be fun, the fact that QT Marshall is very good at bumping. Will inform a Beal spot. That mm. will be incredible. My only concern about this is the, the placement of the hard hard break. I don't want it to start. Keith Lee does something cool. QT cuts him off. Boom. Like three and a half minutes of a QT heat spot. I get to see it on fight. It's a lot easier, I think, for the optics of how boring these things get and how like the ratio of offense feels to equal... If, if you're just watching it in picture-in-picture in, picture in the States, in, in a yeah, then it's kind of fine because you just drift off. But I have to watch it. Or after have to listen to three minutes of its rampage, baby. And I hate that theme tune <laughs> so much. So it's the the only thing that can make this feel less, like, not essential but cool as mm-hmm. it is. is the placement of the ad break. But you'll do something cool after the ad break. It's just four minutes of Keith Lee doing cool things. That's all it is.
0: Yeah, they. And not, that's ev-
2: not everyone can be pushed
0: into the world title picture or any title picture at the same time. There is a, there is a, lo- a logical. The fact that you and you and me and Ann, I think it was Andy. Yeah, we can sit here and say. Here's the people that should next be champions and not just pluck names out of the air and just say, well, I don't know, you start a program with this person. There's was a logical progression with a lot of these championships and the championship title pictures along with the rankings, what have you. So you need Keith Lee to be doing summer and he might as well be doing this in my opinion. Uh, yeah, two things I want from this match to send me home. Very happy indeed. That's a Beal, of course, on QT Martial and therefore eventually a Keith Lee victory, but also... I really think this might be the time for the pounce. Now, not into the crowd because that's dangerous. But you've got a factory, you've got a stable, well, and you, you get
2: the Cornette dickheads in the front row. So maybe,
0: <laughs> but just have uh, maybe not Anthony a go go. Are they I'm, doing
2: what chance? Do you the pounce all you like?
0: Yeah, but I'm sorry for for this. Aaron Solo getting pounced, you know, clattering into the skittles that are. Uh, a go, well, not so much a go go because I don't want him to get hurt because I love him. Uh, a go go and Comorotto whilst QT Marshall looks on because the pounce looks great and you can be like, bloody hell, look, he's just done this with QT Marshall and with smaller guys. This is what happens to you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's loads of fun they can have with this and yeah. hopefully they have it.
0: Uh, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, well, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. I don't forget, you can get his brilliant book on AEW still at Amazon wherever you are. Uh, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE uh, and make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back reviewing uh, Rampage and SmackDown on Monday, of course, and we're coming your way with with wrestle Culture, with a hashtag bloody good quiz a little bit later on today. But for now, this has been the Rampage Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.